welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. So I'm sitting in my closet with my feet up against the wall, and I tried meditating before this episode because as I told you on Tuesday, this episode is about your why, finding our whys, the importance of why, the importance of starting with why. And before I get into what that means, I was trying to come up with a structured format or a way of explaining it. And there's just... There's like no possible way to. So so I was like, fuck it. Let's just put on the recording and start talking. This is going to be more of probably, I don't know how it's going to come across, but probably more of like a brainstorming type podcast episode where we could just think about this shit together along the way. So something, I, I just find this concept really refreshing, scary, intimidating, important, and it's the idea of finding out why we're on this earth as individuals. It's something we're all chasing. It's something we all are craving is to find that purpose and happiness and fulfillment. Um, And I think purpose and fulfillment go hand in hand, you know, because when you are fulfilled with your life, you feel as though you have purpose, like you have something to give, you have something to share. Um, So I think there's a lot of that 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 goes hand in hand. And, you know, I was just coaching my client this morning, we were talking about this. And he was saying how, you know, I don't know what my purpose is, as as many people don't, you know, like, it's very normal to spend your life trying to figure out what it is. That's okay. But he was saying, you know, I don't know what it is. But I, I just know something's missing. And I said, Okay, well, if you were to guess what's missing in your life, what would what would that be? Just take a wild guess. Like, and it could be anything. Like, maybe you're missing a bunch of things, but just pick one thing and say it. And he came up with joy. And he said, uh, I just feel like I don't have enough joy in my life. Like, you know, uh, there's nothing that really excites me to the extent that I would, that I felt in a past experience in my life. So I know that I could be feeling it. So now that I don't have it, I feel as though I'm lacking it. Right. So, especially if we felt a certain way in our past, then we start comparing ourselves, our current reality to that past reality. And then we often get in this place of like, well, why can't I be what I once was? You know, like I felt that before. I should be able to feel it again. Right. What's wrong with me? Why can't I bring that back to my current reality? And um, this is something I talked to you guys about in my personal life. And I mentioned this on a kind of recent episode um, where I was saying, you know, a few months ago, I was waking up super early every day, like energized and ready to ready to go. Like I was so excited to get the day started. And it's, it's been, I've been having trouble getting back to that place. And I'll have certain days where I feel that way, but it's not every single day like it was a few months back. So it made me question like, you know, what is, what's wrong with me? Like what's wrong with my life? Why am I not as passionate? And then that makes you overthink everything, right? Whereas you can really just say, okay, well, what do I want to be doing more of? So anyway, in his 
his idea was joy, was there was not enough joy. So I said, hey, okay, so what things make you feel joy? I was like, just blurt it out, like word vomit. Come on, like I'm going to make a bullet point list really quick. Just say it. So he said a bunch of things. He said around 10 things. And, you know, some of them had to do with supporting others or, you know, being a part of a team, um, you know, socializing with friends or doing spontaneous things. And it was just this list of 10 things. And I said, okay, well, what can you do to implement, take one of these things and create an action step from it today and try that every day for a week? So he took one and he said, he got more specific on it. And he said, okay, well, I could do this today. And that would definitely make me happy. Like that would feel good if I got this done. So I'm like, okay, great. Let's try this for a week. You know, you don't have to look at it. Like I think a lot of people try new things and they're like, oh, I guess this has to be my habit for life. Don't think of it that way. You know, it's much easier to think of something in terms of if you want to start a habit long-term, it's even better to just start thinking about it. Like, okay, well, what can I do for a week? Or let's try it out for a week. Let's do a week challenge, right? And then just test it. Like no one's holding a gun to your head saying you have to do this for the rest of your life. But if you have that mentality of like, you know, if I don't follow through with this, it means I'm a failure, then you're most likely not going to stick to it. And, you know, it's just not the best way to go about things. (laughs) So when you start something, give yourself a week to try it out. Maybe it's maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. That's okay. But as long as you know, it's benefiting you in an area of your life where you feel like you're lacking, then try it out. You know, it can't hurt. So anyway, going back to this concept of purpose and why, um, that's the thing. I think too many people are not thinking about their why because they're too focused on their what. You know, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want in my relationship? What do I want here? What do I want what do I want there? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just running out of things to say at this moment. I'm uh, I du- I'm double thinking actually because now I'm trying to uh, bridge the gap between this is why I bring up in my coaching session, like the first clarity session I have with with you guys. And if you've been on the phone with me, you know this that I ask why you want the thing that you want. So I'll ask like after you tell me like what you do want, the what, right? Then we dig into the why, where it's like why is that important to you? Why is that really important to you? And that's what triggers your emotions. That's what tugs on the heartstrings. That's what makes you actually go after the thing you want in your life. Because if you don't have a why, if you don't have a driver, if there's nothing that keeps you pushing every single day because you could see that vision so clear and you could feel it, if you can't feel it, you're not going to be inspired to chase it. I think that's really what it is. And the why is the only thing that helps us feel it because it's emotional. The what is not emotional. It's just a thing. It's like, oh, you want that? Okay, cool. Why do you want it? You know, because I lived, I have to live to my truest potential because my mom didn't and she died and that was her wish on her deathbed and I'm not going to have that life. So it's like, oh shit. And like, maybe it doesn't have to be that deep. It doesn't have to, but it usually is deep. You know, the reasons why we want something really bad in life and the the reasons why people chase things and are so determined to get things is because they have a strong why. They have something that really hits their emotional core and they feel it. They feel like I need to do this because of this. Bam. And it's so strong. And I was reading the book by Simon Sinek, called Start With Why, which I told you guys I was reading. And um, and after reading that book, it made me think like, wow, 
it's it's so true. Like all the, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, but but all of the legendary people and companies, you know, especially especially companies that the book was talking about, um, was that they start their mission even through advertising by saying why they're doing it. And think of the commercials, like think of Dove, right? The brand Dove and their commercials that are very empowering or, you know, they they make you feel something. Every Dove commercial makes you feel something, right? And that goes to show that they're not just about the fucking soap, you know, or whatever product they're selling. That's not what they make their brand about. They make it about why they're, why they have their brand, why their brand exists, right? And that's what, that's what tugs at our heart. That's what makes us keep watching. That's what keeps us, um, that's what keeps our eyes glued to the television for that commercial. That's why everyone knows it, you know? And, and, um, you know, things with purpose and things with meaning keep our attention. They hold our attention regardless of what it's, where it's coming from. So, you know, that, that goes to show. And that reminded me that, wow, I need to be more clear on my why. Because if I'm not so clear on my why, then my audience won't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then it's not so much emotional support. It's just like, oh, she she helps guys. So I don't know. I wanted to get, I wanted to dive a little deeper into my why. And to be honest, I don't know fully. I haven't fully explored this yet. Just putting that out there. But, um, but I do want you guys to know a little more about why I do what I do. And it really, I mean, I shared part of this on my story episode. If you go to scroll back to a few episodes, but actually it was like a year ago. <laughs> uh, one of the, I think so, one of the earlier episodes I posted was called My Story. So I shared my personal story of why I work with men, but I just want to share part of it now and and just dig into my why. So, you know, people ask, why do you work with men? Right. They ask me that all the time. Like I get this question so much because people think it's crazy or weird or like that's amazing or what made you work with men? And it's as though people are so flabbergasted by it, <laughs> by the idea that I work with men. And to me, it was kind of just I was talking to I was talking to a, a, a business friend today about it. I was like, you know, whenever people ask me that, I'm just like, whenever I thought to work with men, it was like, duh, you have to. No one's working with them. <laughs> like, no one's helping them. Uh, so it was kind of obvious to me, but obvious, but clearly it it has to do with my emotions of why I do it as well. So just to share some of that with you, um, I had I had a lot of negative experiences um, around men growing up in terms of how I thought about them, in terms of how men treated me in my life up until pretty recently. And, um, and I was, I was just very confused, um, as a kid from a very little kid, but I was always very curious. I always wanted to know more about people and I was very shy, painfully, painfully shy. I was a really, really shy girl growing up. I hardly had any friends. Um, up until I moved to California, I didn't have many friends. I've had the most friends here I've ever had in my life, which is pretty nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it goes to show that I was more soaking in people than I was um, putting myself out there, I guess you could say. So I was very much, uh, <laughs> I was like the little kid who always would play spy. Like I always wanted to play spy with my, whenever my cousin came over, my cousin Lexi, 
<laughs> She'd be like, what do you want to play? Let's do arts and crafts. Let's do this. <laughs> We're from Jersey, by the way. <laughs> um, so we would play. She would always want to play arts and crafts. And I'd be like, let's play spy. And what spy was, was we would hide in a room in the house and spy on one of our family members without them knowing we're there. It was kind of creepy. And I would sit there and I would collect. I always collected notebooks. And um, so we would have notebooks and we would just analyze their behavior, <laughs> like their every move, whatever they did. I'd be like, mom is walking to the sink. Mom is washing her hands. <laughs> mom just looked for me. Oh, my God. She can't find me. And um, it was kind of this fun game of, of just playing spy and just but but what I realized growing up with me collecting all these notebooks and with me constantly playing spy and being so shy and just wondering like I always would wonder as a little kid I always had this thought like why don't the popular girls like me like what's wrong with me or like what what do they like and why what don't I have like I just remember as a little kid honestly and like second grade I remember myself thinking this and I would always question it like growing up my whole life I would question you know why don't the girls like me why don't the boys like me like what's and it was really you know it was kind of it was kind of (laughs) sad it was just but it was me constantly questioning and me constantly looking at myself and I think I don't think I got a good grip on who I was doing that Um, but I do think it made me it it made me very uh susceptible to understanding other people and and um understanding myself uh eventually so anyway so i had i had all these relationships um that just weren't you know especially with with boys growing up um I was just, I was never the girl who they wanted to dance with or until like eighth grade. Eighth grade was my year. I was like a little hottie in eighth grade. And then I don't know what happened in high school. I like went to the bottom of the food chain again. <laughs> it's, all my, it's like I hit puberty again. I don't know what happened. But I had like that one good eighth grade year where I got a little taste of like friends and stuff and um and feeling like appreciated and accepted and wanted. And then, yeah, in high school, I was bullied. I was bullied pretty bad. Like I... You know, I had a girl um, scream from the back of the classroom once. It's called rhinoplasty. And she screamed that. And she was sitting in the back. I was sitting all the way in the front. And the ki- everyone started laughing. And I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. And I'll never forget that. Like, I'll never forget um, how she made me feel. Like, it was terrible. And, you know, even now I forgive her, of course. And I just, you know, I know she was a person hurting and that's why she was able to even say those words out loud, screaming them. <laughs> um, the teacher didn't do anything. Like she just, I, the teachers in our school is kind of crazy because the teachers were actually intimidated by the girls in the class. Because we had some, my class was terrible. Like my sister uh, went to the same high school and she had an amazing experience with amazing girls in the grade. But mine were, um, Mine were just horrible. One girl actually jumped off the George Washington Bridge a few years after graduation because of the bullying in my high school. And she was in my class. So it, it just goes to show like how bad uh, these girls were. Um, and it was it was terrible. And I just the teachers were intimidated by them. So the teachers like in my case wouldn't even she the teacher heard flat out heard and stared at me and didn't say anything. She just went on continuing with class. And I just thought, holy shit, like what the fuck? Um, 
And I just, you know, I just was back in that place of not feeling accepted and, and just wondering why. And it wasn't, I was never angry about it. You know, I had never did anything to show anger. I was never, um, I, I don't think I ever acted out of hurt. Even though I was hurt, I was just more curious and more like, what's wrong with people? And why didn't my teacher stand up for me? <laughs> you know, why is this girl so mean? And why does she, you know, what is, what is really, what's really bothering her to the point where she can say that to another person? And, you know, she must be really sad inside. And I, I knew her. We ended up being friends by senior year. And, you know, she did have a lot of sadness inside of her. But, um... Yeah, so it just anyway, I I went through this college phase where I was pretty much a, a nutcase. <laughs> it was the first time I was out of I was out of high school and I my mom was super religious growing up. So after high school, I mean during all of high school, I wasn't really allowed to do much. Um there was a lot of strict uh parenting when it came to my mom. And I you know, I um <laughs> sorry I'm like losing my train of thought because I'm like why am I telling this personal story but hopefully uh it means something to you guys um so I was yeah like through high school I was so sheltered then I got to college and I dorm there my freshman year with my best friend from high school and um we just like I said I was a nutcase we kind of went crazy uh didn't think much before we did things <laughs> it was kind of a messy year and um and it, when it came to guys it was, guys, let me tell you, like, the amount of assholes I attracted into my life were, yeah, <laughs> like, I feel bad if they're listening to this, but you guys were dicks, <laughs> like, really bad, um, and it just, it goes to show that when you have a certain mindset about men or, or women, and you, you attract them because I've experienced it guys. Like I, when I used to think men were pigs and jerks, jerks and assholes. And like, I didn't, I don't need a man like fuck men. Those were literally my thoughts. And I remember you, I used to say that to my mom and she'd be like, stop saying that. Why are you saying that? Blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I would just think like that. And like me and my best friend, we would talk like that. And, uh, just like having that mentality and associating it with the the men in my life, it made sense. It made sense that I attracted men who were assholes and pigs and used me for one thing and this and that because that's what I believe men were. So, of course, you know, the guys with that mentality, I'm not going to attract the guys who who are good, you know, who are respectful. And guess what? I wasn't respectful of myself. So why would respectful guys be attracted to me? You know, why would they want to hang out with me or socialize with me or date me? They wouldn't. And it's because of my fucked up mentality. It was at the time. So I'm going through college and I had a wake up call mid college where I flipped my life totally upside down. Thank God. (laughs) Um, And that's when I started reading. Uh, I started reading and I started taking school seriously and I I had to I got kicked out of my college by the way I got kicked out of my university I had to raise my grades back up because uh, I failed out I wasn't going to class ever I was doing other things that were not good and then I went back and I I got on the dean's list and I graduated almost on time I was a month late but I studied psychology and I absolutely freaking loved it and getting out of getting out of school and having those experiences in college 
also was like, oh, holy shit, like, wait, I used to think this way. And these were the people in my life. And then when I started thinking this way, this is what my life turned out to be. And while studying psychology at the same time, I was like understanding what it takes to really reframe your mind. And when you change your mind, you change your life. It's so true. It's so freaking true and crazy. Like it's crazy to believe when you just put in different practices and different, like I started going to the gym. I started, um, and even going in the gym, guys, like just start small. You know, people think, oh, I got to start five days a week. You're not going to start a routine five days a week if you're going, if you're going zero times now. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. You have to do like what I did was I took a yoga class and I have a natural gift for yoga. <laughs> like, I realized I was pretty good at yoga, like my first class. So I would just go to the gym and I would do yoga in the corner because it was something I was comfortable with that was active. And I just went to the gym and did it. And then I left. And I slowly did that. Like I, if you guys are comfortable doing bicep curls and that's all you know how to do and you're not familiar with any other exercises or routines or like HIIT training or boxing or anything, um, you know, there's there's all these different types of sets and it could be intimidating, especially for guys. But just go in the gym and do your bicep curls. Do what makes you feel confident and then go out. And then next time, you know, a couple weeks later, whenever you're ready, go back in do do your bicep curls and then go try a new leg exercise you never tried. Do two sets and leave. Okay? Then do that. Get in the habit of doing that. Do some research, you know, find out what what how to do it correctly so you don't hurt yourself. Ask a trainer. Don't be too, you know, be be humble enough to be like, "Hey man, could you help me out quick?" or whatever the hell you need to do. That's how you implement change. You know, you be open to it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And that was something I was terrified of, like, growing up was asking questions. I always um, I always had questions, but I was always terrified to ask them. And I, was, I always thought I'd look stupid if I asked a question, right? And, and now I'm just, I'm not really afraid of that anymore. I mean, it, I definitely get triggered sometimes if, if I don't know something and someone asks me and I get, like, this, like, inner fear. Like, my heart starts beating a little faster and I'm like, oh, am I stupid? <laughs> <laughs> no, just ask the question. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but anyway, going back to like after graduating college, I I got in this place of like, you know, what do I what do I do? People were saying, oh, what are you going to do with a psych degree? You can't do shit with that unless you go to grad school. And um, and yeah, I even I even was gonna go to grad school or I was contemplating going and then my my best friend said well you have to be really smart to go to grad school so because of that comment I didn't try and it it just goes to show like when you surround yourself with certain people who have certain beliefs whether they're about you or just about themselves um, it really does impact your life in a major way like that's a major decision you know that and um I'm actually glad I didn't go through with it. So, <laughs> you know, everything happens for a reason. I really think that that everything happens at the time that it should in order for us to to grow and learn from it. And I really did I really did learn from that experience and from those relationships growing up. And and um, you know, by the time I I was trying to figure out what to do with myself, you know, I went to I was interning for an occupational therapist and I thought that was going to I thought I was going to work with elderly doing occupational therapy. And I had a grandma, my Nana, who I lived with until she was 96. And she, 
she was my best friend growing up, actually. So I just, she was my, she was my bestie. She made me laugh all the time. She had a uh, terrible Alzheimer's. It was so bad. She would forget like 10 seconds later, but she would laugh at herself and she would make fun of every situation regardless of what it was. And, um, and she just told all these crazy ass stories. It, it was just, life was amazing with her in it as a kid. And, uh, I just got so much laughter from her and I thought, Hey, I could do something that, you know, that is part of my, you know, what I did with Nana. And, um, but it was just, it was too difficult. It was too emotional for me in terms of the elderly, you know, and some of them seeming like they're half alive. It just made me really sad and it wasn't something I felt I could do forever. So I moved on from that. Um, and, you know, I talked about in, an, in a prior episode, you know, all the jobs I went through to try to figure myself out. But when it came to, when it came to relationship coaching with men, it was really this, this place of understanding that mindset is important and psychology is the love of my life. And I love learning about it. And I'm not afraid to ask questions about it. I'm really not because I'm always trying to learn more and understand it more. And I don't know half of it, you know, I'm just trying to experience it and, and learn more about it from other people. But what happened was I was, I was in this relationship with a narcissist, as many of you guys probably know, I talked about it before, posted about it on Instagram. Um, And because that relationship was so so damaging. It made me think about myself a lot. You know, I I felt so alone. It was to this point where I'm like, how can I feel so alone with a person with me 24-7? Like, I was pretty much living with the guy. And I felt the loneliest I've ever felt, ever felt. Even like, even in high school when no one, no one wanted to sit with me at lunch. Like, (laughs) that was better than with this guy. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, and I was just like, fuck, like this isn't right. This shouldn't be what a relationship is. And and he was I just knew like he wasn't good for me, but at the same time I didn't know what I was doing with myself and I was kind of just floating along and and he was just there and happened to um happen to like happen to do things with me, you know, and like spend days with me. So I was like, all right, whatever. Uh he's okay for now. And it was just like that thing, but it just got darker and darker in terms of, you know, I'd be working on my business and he'd be like, what are you doing? Stop doing that shit. Like, you know how hard it is to blah, blah, blah. And, and, um, you know, why don't you try this instead? Or, you know, when are you going to stop that? And there was, there was no real support coming from me trying to start a mindset business was what I was really trying to, what I was trying to do, like a mindset coach. And, um, at the time I was fitness coaching and I fitness coached for five years And at that time, I was very much interested in why people, why some of my clients crushed their goals and why others didn't. And it all went down to mindset. So I was like, right, this mindset thing is big. Like more people need to know about it. They need to know how to train their minds. And, you know, if I can help, that would be freaking awesome. Like that would be so cool because I would love studying about it and I would love helping people because I love learning about it. So like I could study it and then I could help people and life would be fucking awesome. So let's go. And, um, but yeah, he wouldn't, he would just never support it. And I was in that relationship for two years. Um, and within those two years, he, at the very beginning, he flew me out to California and I went, it was my first time on the West coast and I flipped out. I fell in love and I was like, yo, I'm coming back here ASAP. (laughs) I got to get my finances in order and get everything together, figure out what to do. And then when it feels right, I'm coming. 
And, and that was it. Like I had like 40, no, not at that time. I had like 30 K in debt and I paid it off in like a year. Like I worked, (laughs) I worked my ass off, um, at that time. And I, I just like, that was, and I was like, all right, as soon as I'm ready, like I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. And then people were, people started saying shit, like, you're not going to do it. And, and, um, and I was like, yeah, I am like, what are you talking about? Even the gym membership woman, like I was at my gym and I'm like, okay, I'm going to cancel my membership. She's like, you said this six months ago, honey. She's like, what are you moving to California again? And I was like, you bitch. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She's not a bitch, but that was bitchy to say. (laughs) Uh, anyway, so I, I was just like, damn it. And I was getting fed up because no one really believed I would actually do it. And then there was this point when he just did something really asshole-ish and he flipped out on me, you know, made me cry hysterically. And I was just like, it wasn't the first time. And I just said, that's fucking it. Like, that's enough. I'm so done with this bullshit. And, um, and I booked the trip and I quit all my work in like a week. <laughs> I was like, all right, see ya. I'm going to Cali. Booked a one-way ticket. And... I didn't even have an apartment until four days before my flight, my one way. So I didn't even know what I was going to do. I was literally like, I will live in a hostel. I will live on the beach with the homeless people. Like, I don't care. I'm going to California. And um, my family's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Crazy bitch. Um, so I did it. And I got here. And I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> uh, and I knew I wanted to do, I wanted to do the mindset thing. Because I had a couple clients that were primarily, that were fitness clients. But we we talked a lot about mindset. And I was like, yo, this is fascinating to me. Um, At that time, I started an Instagram and I had a few guys on the Instagram supporting everything I did. And they were like, yo, you're I was talking about books a lot on my Instagram. That's all I talked about was like what I learned. And whenever I learned something new, I would just share it with Instagram. I didn't have any business like structure. Like people didn't follow me. It was a personal account. And I would just be like, yo, guess what I learned today, guys? And I would talk about it. And then I had like five guys who were like, yo, you're doing really good shit. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but keep it up. And, you know, it's, it means a lot. And for the first time in my life, I was like, what? Like, there's men who aren't trying to hit on me or get in my pants or like, you could just tell they were genuine guys who wanted nothing but to say, hey, you're doing great. Like, I, I love your stuff. Like, keep, keep educating. Like, you're meant for it. You are meant to educate. Or like, they'd say things like that. And I was like, what the fuck? Where do these, <laughs> where do these men come from? And like, I never had, I just never had guys like that in my life. And when I got to Cali, my mom was like, did you read that book? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And I was like, mom, I need a fucking job first. Like, I can't read books right now. And she's like, just read it. So I read it. And at the end, they had a training program for gender intelligence coaches to be certified. So I took the program, I got certified, and they were like, all right, well, who's your niche? Who are you going to help? And I said, fuck, um, men. And it kind of just, <laughs> at first I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I was like a relationship coach for men? That was like three years prior. I said that to a business uh, associate. <laughs> And here I am, like, I was like, literally laughing as in that would never fucking happen. And now uh, it did. So, so yeah, I just like, I think it's funny how that it used to be a laughable topic, because I was just so in this place of like, ugh, like men, ugh, oh, men, <laughs> like I was, that was me. And then it got to this point of me switching my mindset, to which I started attracting different types of men to where I'm like, holy shit, wait, there's good guys out there and they respect me and I want to respect them and I want to understand them. And it was especially because of what I've been through. 
a lot of it came from the trauma of my past events related to men. So knowing that there's so many other women who feel the same way I did but weren't healed of it or didn't find their way out the way that I did, I feel like it's my obligation to help them. And in a means of in if I can help them, the best way to do it is to help men first in my head. That was my this is my idea. So I said, okay, if I need to help women overcome their trauma with men and and change their mindset around men. I have to first understand men because I really know nothing about men. Like all I know growing up was that, you know, they're they're assholes and they want one thing and this and that. And I didn't really give men a chance. Um so I I really did, you know, want to put myself in that place of understanding you guys. And that was so important to me because I'm like, if I can understand men, then I could be that woman who stands for men, but also stands for women and showcases it in live events around the world. Bam! It's fucking cool ass life. That is my dream life, by the way. <laughs> so that is what I'm heading towards if you guys are wondering. But but that's really what it's about. It's about empowering and helping women heal by helping men heal first. Because not enough people are going to the source of the problem you know, and if the problem is, if the problem with these women who have been in traumatic situations are because happened from men, because of men, then there must be trauma and healing that needs to be done with these men. And, you know, that was my mentality. And I know it goes the other way around also, but this is based on my personal experience of what I've been through and me wanting to help women overcome past trauma with men. I thought, hey, I need to start with men. Um, And then I realized, hey, wait, there's so many guys who need help. Like, there's so many guys. And no one is really helping them. Like, I looked on social media and searched coaching and therapists. And there's just so much that is just marketed towards women and women alone. And not enough females working with men. And I just thought, like, you know, you'd think that men would want to work with a female in order to improve his relationship with a female. Why aren't there enough? Why aren't there a a bunch of females helping men. (laughs) Where are they? Um, So it was kind of my wake-up call where it's like, it's you, Steph. Like, that's your job. Go ahead and start. (laughs) Do something. Um, So yeah, and it put me in that place of just knowing that, that men need to be held accountable to their mental health because they're not right now. And, you know, between the rate of suicide and the rate of divorce and you know, obesity, health issues, physical and mental, there's just too much going on. And especially with men, they're not speaking up and they're not talking about it and communicating it. And then that goes into relationships that aren't communicative um, because someone's holding back and they're feeling defensive and they're feeling weak and small and insecure, but trying to seem big on the outside. And that's not a healthy way to go about a relationship. And I'm not saying that men are the only ones who can't communicate. Women have trouble communicating as well. We both do. But that's the problem. We don't learn to understand each other. You know, not enough people are putting themselves out there wanting to understand men or wanting to understand women. And we have to acknowledge the fact that we're different and that we have different languages and that there's a different way to speak to each of us. And if we learn those languages and learn the specific language even more so of our partner, then we can live a life that where that partner 
is part of it and makes us better. You know, with all the insecurities and all the, with insecurities come codependent relationships, right? Because people just cling to another person hoping that they'll fulfill parts of themselves when they really have to fulfill that part of themselves them, themselves. <laughs> um, so I just want to make men whole so that a relationship, when they're in relationships, they can commu- not only communicate well, but also feel like a better man, you know? Um, I'm not sure if that sentence made sense. I'm kind of all over the place right now. <laughs> it's like a more emotional episode. Um, but you know what I mean? It was just, it's really about helping men understand women and helping women understand men on a personal level because it's not just, you know, we do have two languages, but it's not like all women are the same. It's not like all men are the same. So you really have to be able to put your ego aside and put your defense mechanisms aside and open yourself up to another human being and be vulnerable enough to ask questions and admit, hey, I don't know the answer to this and not be intimidated like I was my whole life. You know, we have to be able to ask questions and be willing to look stupid, especially in our relationships. You really, we really have to simplify it. You know, the whole communication can, in, in adult relationships, needs to be simplified. There's too much, you know, I was talking to a client the other day and he, I was saying, okay, well, what would you want to say to her at this point? And he said something like, I would tell her that I would, I would want to face, um, overcome my insecurities and push back the boundaries and bring more fulfillment in the like all these words and I'm like what do these words mean like talk to me like a child (laughs) because that's what we need to do when we are defensive guys like when we're in a relationship and we're defending ourselves um when we're let's just put it this way when we're having a conflicting conversation most likely we're each defending ourselves, right and when you defend yourself your brain can't think to a certain extent, because it's too busy thinking of the next thing to say to overcome this person's statement. So it's not really listening. It's just like, okay, how am I going to overpower them? Like, how am I going to like be better than what they just said? And with that mentality, it's, it's like, it's compensating for this inner child who's scared and, and feels small. So in that case, simplifying it and talking straight to that child is the best way to go. So at a time of confusion and frustration and confliction, you want to be you want to be simple in your words. You know, you want to say that made me that made me feel really sad. <laughs> like that's a human emotion, you're allowed to use it. Um and I think there's not enough especially there's not enough men out there using those simplified emotions in order to open up and and have an emotional conversation with their partner. Because there's this fear of I won't be, you know, I won't be man enough, I won't be respected, whatever the case may be. But, you know, communication is just, it's it's a skill. Listening is a skill. It really is an art and we weren't taught it in schools and that pisses me off so much. And the fact that people would make fun of my my degree in psych you know, who needs that? Everyone fucking needs it. (laughs) Like, that's who. Everyone needs psychology. (laughs) Like, basic psychology one-on-one should be a gen ed. Like, um, it should be a mandatory, um, class. 
so yeah, I just, you know, when it, that's, that's the thing. Like I want to teach seminars on communication because I want to improve the rate of divorce. I want to improve, you know, the, I don't want people to be contemplating suicide because they, they're, they lost their partner. Like that shouldn't be because they're in a state of grief and they don't know how to talk to anyone. Like, I don't want that to be a thing. And, you know, if I can reduce those numbers and I could actually save lives like, fuck, like, that's something that's worth living for, you know? And I just, you know, I put myself in this place of just, just like, I don't know if you guys just heard my neighbor laughing through the wall. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've heard, I don't know if I've heard, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know what I'm saying. I just, you know, I'm coming from this place of just, it's really not about being famous for me, but it's about impacting a lot of fucking people. And, you know, if I have to, if I have to raise numbers and this and that in order to do that, then I'll do it. Um, but you know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into working with men. And as women, I like, you guys don't see this part of me, but like, but even when it comes to my sexuality, and this is like, this is more on the personal side, but I think it's really interesting. Like I've kind of, and I'm, I'm getting back into it and more comfortable, but I, for a while, put my sexuality on pause. Like I wasn't feeling sexy. I wasn't feeling good in my body when I started working with men. And it's because I put on this, like this shield of don't be too sexy because you don't want them to look at you for the wrong reasons. And you know, you have to be a professional and this and that. So there's a lot of that that ties into the psychology of a woman working with men. Um, and it still, it still hits me and it's still, you know, it's still there and it's still important to me. You know, the concept of, I want to be educational. I want to provide you with information that's going to last you your whole life and really help you. Um, and I don't want, you know, my attraction, um, to get in the way of my message even though it it is what what ties people in, which is just like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> you know, it's very uh, it's very it's very frustrating and strange and crazy, but that's what life is. And I think, you know, it's just I'm I know what I'm doing with my life. Like I know I'm going to do this for my life. I know this is my life calling. Like people question their purpose and you know are very confused, but I just I don't know in my gut. Like I know. I know. I I always have like this feeling of just like you're doing the right thing. Just keep going. And like this is it. This is you. I always feel that. Like no matter how hard things get, I feel it. And I think if you want to bring on more of that feeling, you have to know what sparks that excitement in you. And regardless of whether you have your purpose or not, like I said, there's always going to be these roadblocks of like for me, like my sexuality is one and like these things that kind of get in the way of you chasing after that thing. But if that thing's important enough and it really means something to you and it relates to a, part, a piece of you, you know, for me, it was my whole past. Then there's just something that makes it happen. And it's really, it's the why, you know, it's just, that's, that's what makes it happen. That's what keeps you going. And and it's just important for you to get in this place of, okay, well, what, what brings me excitement? What for excitement for life, passion for life? What brings me that? Even if you know something, if something that brings you a little bit of that, what is it? Do more of that thing. 
because that most likely is the gateway. That most likely is the key to get you closer to that purpose or closer to that that feeling of fulfillment. You know, there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, I want to do this because it makes a lot of money and I want to do this because I can have that. And we forget about, okay, but then what's going to happen once you have that? You know, what will that... I love nice things and I know I'm going to have a lot of nice things in my future, no doubt. But if I, you know, if I knew I was going to die in a week, I'd be okay. You know, I'd, I'd be okay living this life. Even if I had to live this life for the rest of my life, how I'm living now, I'd be okay. You know, I'd be very happy. I'd be more than okay. I'm, I'd be very happy. <laughs> you know, very happy and grateful for, for my life. Very much so. And that's the thing. If you're not feeling the way you want to feel now, I mean, if you're not feeling the way you want to feel in your purpose and you can't get that feeling in your body right now, it's going to be very hard to attract it. So I would really just tell you guys to make it a daily habit. And this will help you rewire your mindset and your brain. Make it a daily habit to every morning. Put yourself in that feeling. Because the why is about the feeling. Put yourself in that feeling of what would it be like if I knew what I was going to do for the rest of my life. You know, what would, it, what would it feel like if I had that passion, if I knew exactly what it was. And if you, if you know a piece of it, if you know a part of you that like really sets you on fire and makes you feel like, ah, fuck, like that feels awesome. I want to do this more. I want more of this in my life. Take that experience and hold it with you and literally meditate on it and feel it. Because until your body feels it, your brain can't attract it. So get that feeling in your body. Make it a habit. Make it a physical habit to feel that way. And I promise you, you'll get closer to that feeling in external events. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so also I'm going to leave you with this. If your why doesn't make you cry, it's not strong enough. If your why doesn't make you cry, it's not strong enough. If you don't like tear up when you think about it, of why you want it so bad, you need a new reason. You need a new why. Because that why is what's going to push you for the rest of your life. So it better be good. It better tug on the heartstrings, you know what I mean? All right, guys. Well, I don't know if that was a good story or a good place to wrap it up, but (laughs) my throat actually hurts from talking. Um... But yeah, I hope that uh, interested you and and I hope uh, my story made sense in terms of why I do what I do. And I know it needs to be clearer um, and I plan on doing that. I plan on making the new year more so about marketing through my why and less about the what and more about the why is definitely. Uh, if you guys haven't, if you guys haven't read Start With Why by Simon Sinek, check it out. Please read it. It's freaking awesome. I read it in two days. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wish you guys all the best. And I wish that you find, I wish that you find your purpose, you know, when you want, when you want to find it, when you're ready to find it and, and do the practices, you know, I, I mentioned in order to bring it closer to you day by day. All right. That is it. I'm going to stop there before I keep telling another story or before I start crying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or both, which would be worse. All right, guys, that's it. 
Uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. It would really mean a lot to me. Uh, and I appreciate you guys for listening. You know, I have a lot of you reach out to me and tell tell me how the podcast is changing your life or impacting your relationships, saving your relationships. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really freaking cool. So I just, I appreciate you reaching out and it would, it would mean the world if you left a review on iTunes. So that's it. Have an amazing day, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.